Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Thursday, January 13th. Coming up on the show today, Adam Vingan of The Athletic compares this Predators team to some of the best teams of the past. Josh Ward from WNML in Knoxville gets us ready for the big Tennessee-Kentucky game, but we begin with a question about sports in the Volunteer State. Have they ever been this good? The 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group. You guys know the drill. Nashville's award-winning, locally-owned custom home and remodeling firm. There is zero reason for you to make any decisions about your house without speaking to them. You may not use them, but they're going to help you in the process. So check them out, buildkg.com. That's the Kingston Group. Buildkg.com is the website. Obviously, on a show about Nashville sports, we talk a lot about the Tennessee Titans, and we cover the Nashville Predators, and occasionally, when I feel like trying to shill for John Morant, the Memphis Grizzlies. They've all had their moments of excitement, drama, and importance over the years. And of course, with Nashville SC adding a fourth professional team to the state and doing quite well, we've got an interesting collection of professional teams in the state. But taken as a whole, I cannot remember a better month or two of professional sports in the state of Tennessee possibly ever. On Thanksgiving week, the Tennessee Titans lost to the Patriots, the second loss in a row, dropping them to 8-4 and four on the season. The Predators were hovering around 500 at 10-8-1, and one, and the Grizzlies had a losing record at 9-10. and 10. Less than six weeks later, all three are either the best team in their conference or among the best. The Titans finished the regular season 4-1 and one and are the one seed in the AFC. The Predators are of Wednesday afternoon, the number one seed in the Western Conference, and are the fourth fastest team in franchise history to reach 50 points. They are 12-1-1 over their last 14 after the thrilling overtime win over Colorado on Tuesday night. And Memphis is just three and a half games back of first place in the NBA's Western Conference after going 20-4 and since Turkey Week. They've won 10 games in a row, including a two-game sweep of the Lakers, a road win over the top-seeded Suns, a road win over the second-place Nets, and just beat Golden State at home on Tuesday night. It's an absurd run that these teams are on right now, and it is the best that these three teams have been at the same time that I can remember. So the message here to everyone involved is enjoy the ride. Who knows how this Titans season will end? Obviously, fans want a Super Bowl. Who knows if the Predators can keep this up, and who knows how sustainable the Grizzlies' pace is over the second half of the season. But who cares? Right now, they are all rolling, and all of them are very fun to watch. Sports, lest we forget, is about entertainment. Add to it one of the best SEC basketball seasons we've seen in quite some time, a very good and always dominant Belmont basketball program, Nashville SC starting its third season here pretty soon, and even college baseball in the state is thriving once again. Right now, it doesn't matter which sport you turn on in this state right now. It is guaranteed to be one thing, entertaining, and that's what sports are for. Time to visit with Josh Ward from WNML in Knoxville, of course, at Josh underscore Ward. Um, Josh, first of all, your reaction to the national championship game. How are Tennessee fans feeling about the new power on the block, the Georgia Bulldogs? I haven't found too many Tennessee fans that like it. I think most Tennessee fans went in. If they were trying to choose a side, they chose the Alabama side because what's another title to the tide as opposed to Georgia breaking through now, my opinion as it relates to Tennessee and what the Vols are trying to do and rebuild, I don't think the outcome of the national championship game was going to have an impact on Tennessee. If you enjoyed the 1980 jokes or you just wanted to see something bad happen to one of your divisional rivals, well, then that was taken away by Georgia winning the title. But um, Tennessee fans were not looking at the potential outcome. Another title for Alabama or Georgia breaking through Either way, really is a win in Knoxville. I think most fans are tired of seeing those two teams do what they're doing in the recruiting trail and then how that carries over to the field. 
So let's talk a little basketball here. Huge game with Kentucky, of course. They, they struggle on offense against LSU, which is what LSU does to people. They come back, they beat South Carolina. What are the vibes going into a huge road test against Kentucky over the weekend? Well, I think fans are nervous going into this one. And Rick Barnes has had a lot of success against Kentucky with John Calipari there as the head coach. And that is probably what fans are pointing to to feel optimistic going into this weekend. But Tennessee has really struggled offensively recently. There continues to be questions about post-production. Now you have Sheway there for Kentucky, and that is going to present a real challenge on the glass for Tennessee. Shooting woes continue. The free throw line all of a sudden is a real issue for Tennessee. Tennessee really struggled shooting against uh, South Carolina at the free throw line. That was the case on the road against LSU. And then that's that's probably where, where the real fear is. If Tennessee struggled in Baton Rouge, which has happened, well, are they really going to get everything fixed in time for the game against Kentucky? I, I think from an optimistic standpoint, John Fulkerson did respond to some public criticism from Rick Barnes, which I expected. He had a double-double from Josiah Jordan-James, who's not played that well, especially on the offensive end, uh, or really only on the offensive end. Uh, so he responded well, but can they keep that going? Until fans see consistency from Tennessee's basketball team, they're probably going to be concerned that it's not going to be there. Josh Ward, always a pleasure, man. Give him a follow at Josh underscore Ward, and make sure you're listening. WNML in Knoxville. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Speaking of the Nashville Predators and being red scorching hot, Nashville won its fifth game in a row on Tuesday in overtime against Colorado and, as I mentioned, is now 12-1-1 over its last 14 games and has reached 50 points faster than any Predators team since 2015. On the Gold Standard Podcast, we discussed UC Soros' domination, how he is now viewed by the national hockey landscape, Tanner Janot's Rookie of the Year candidacy, and this team's staying power. We compared that 2015 team with the current roster. Peter Laviolette was in his first season, and that team was basically the best team in the NHL halfway through the season. However, it finished very poorly over the final month or two, and it allowed the Blackhawks to steal the division crown down the stretch and then eventually lost to Chicago in the first round of the playoffs. And when I asked Adam Vingan of The Athletic about the differences between the 2015 Predators and the 2022 Predators, this is what he had to say. And the difference between that team and this team, and it sort of goes back to the conversation we were having about the Avalanche game. So before last night's game, the Avalanche had won five consecutive games, all in come-from-behind fashion. So the fact that they erased an early 2 nothing deficit um, was of no surprise to anybody. The difference between the Predators today and the Predators of a couple of years ago is if the Predators of a couple of years ago would have gone up 2-0 on the Avalanche and then lost that lead, the game probably would have ended 5-2 Avalanche or 5-3 Avalanche. Like The Predators would not have been able to recover from that particular situation. And of course, they did. So if you the one caveat between the 2014-15 team and this team is that team... That was basically the indoctrination of a lot of the core players to the NHL in terms of being top players on on an NHL team, such it was, as it was, Roman. It was, it was Forsberg's first full season, right? Right, Forsberg, Yossi, Ekholm, Ellis. Um, you know th- those those players. You know you still had you still had Shea Weber. You still had uh, you still had those veteran players, Paul Gostad and the like, um, but. You know, oftentimes when Peter Laviolette would talk about the maturation of the Predators, he would always go back to that first round playoff series against the Blackhawks in 2015. 
as sort of the trial by fire. And that's when that team started to learn what it takes to win in the NHL. So I'm, I think that this team is more, I guess you could say, slump proof. It really was a fascinating look back at that 2015 team and how and how all of those big names sort of grew into NHL players and became stars. Ellis, Yossi, Ekholm, Forsberg, the core group of that team that went on to go to the Cup and win a President's Trophy. But that team didn't finish that year because it was so young and LaViolette was so new. With this team's veteran presence and almost two years of identity building and messaging from John Hines, this team does feel more recession or slump-proof, as Adam said. For a lot more Preds content, make sure you listen to the Gold Standard Pod out every single Thursday right here on the 440 Sports Network. The Preds put their winning streak on the line against Buffalo on Thursday night, puck drop at 7 p.m. at Bridgestone Arena. The 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group. You guys know the drill. Nashville's award-winning, locally-owned custom home and remodeling firm. There is zero reason for you to make any decisions about your house without speaking to them. You may not use them, but they're going to help you in the process. So check them out, buildkg.com. That's the Kingston Group. Buildkg.com is the website. Thank you guys all for listening. Please share the show at 440 Sports on Twitter, at 440 Media on Instagram. My name is Braden Gall. Thank you guys all for listening. This has been the 440 for Thursday, January 13th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.